Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. I want to continue on a little bit, uh, kind of take off from Brother Harrelson's message on Sunday night. Uh, he preached on the gospel of Christ, and or the cross, and uh, the cross of Christ. And I want to take off from that, if I can, this evening, and look at it, uh, kind of look at uh, our responsibility a little bit. Uh, when, it, when, uh, when it comes to the cross or when it comes to the gospel. And uh, we see in 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, and ver- one verse, verse number 27, the last, uh, the last verse of 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 27, notice what the scripture says. But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I'm interested in that last part of that verse where the apostle says, I myself should be a castaway. Now, if you study the book of 1 Corinthians and and you know that the church at Corinth was a church that was was just messed up and Paul had to set some things straight. There uh, There was some sexual sins going on in the church. There were some idolatry going on in the church and uh, some bickering and complaining and just all kinds of things that the apostle had to deal with. And he deals with a lot of that and he comes on down to chapter number 9 and he, he begins to talk about um, uh, the, the Christian liberty, chapter number 8 and chapter number 9, and about the liberties that you and I have. And uh, in chapter number 9 he talks all about those, and he summarizes chapter number 8 and chapter number 9, is all summarized in that verse that we read as our text, where he says uh, that I keep uh, keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. And I thought about the Apostle Paul, I thought about what the word castaway means. And I didn't write down the Greek word. We don't speak Greek, and we're, we're English-speaking people. And, and so I didn't write it down. But that word castaway, it simply means to be put on the shelf. Now, back when back in the, the, the 70s and the 80s, that was a common term that we used uh, in our churches. And we did, not want it, we did not want to see somebody put on the shelf, so to speak. And uh, for God to take their hand off of someone. And to, to be a castaway is to be put on the shelf. It's to be disqualified. To be disqualified. We're getting into, uh, getting into high school football. Very shortly, college football will be starting up. And uh, we'll be watching football games. And I, I love watching football games. Andrew and I, uh, I've enjoyed uh, watching sports with with Andrew we we watch the Braves a lot together and and we'll be watching a lot of uh, college football together and keeping up with that a little bit and uh, we've all seen our, our our teams and and our star players 
run and they've got the ball and they're running and they're headed for the goal line and they cross the goal line and they set the ball down and maybe they'll they'll bow down or they'll do something or they'll look up or they'll do, they'll do something some kind of cheer maybe they'll do a chest a chest butt or whatever with their teammates and then not to realize that there's a flag way back down on the 50 yard line and the ball has to go all the way back down you know what happened? They were disqualified. That, that, that uh, score didn't count. They were cast away. Maybe they stepped out. Maybe they were running on the baseline and their foot touched the baseline. Maybe they, they were running and, and there was a face mask or an illegal block or something, something to bring the ball all the way back down. We've seen that, and we've, we've looked, and now and you've watched football games, and, and you've seen where the ref may make a call, and it'd be so close, and, uh, and, uh, and so they confer, and, and especially the SEC, they confer at the SEC booth, and you're waiting, you're watching, and they're showing the replays, and you're looking at it, and saying, no, I don't think he did that. He didn't do that. that they're going to they're count it. They're gonna, it's going to be a point. Man, it's going to be seven po or six points on the board. You look, and they come back, and in just a moment, the ref uh, fixes his mic, and he says, the ruling on the field stands. Uh, the penalty is way back. Ball will come back. It'll be fourth down or whatever. And uh, we've seen that. And it's sad to say that a lot of times, that's how we live our life. And the Apostle Paul, he, says, he said that he did not want to become a castaway. A castaway. I think about the Apostle Paul. How could a man like the Apostle Paul... He started well, he ran well, he did so well, and he finished well. How could he have done that? I think this verse and this thought that he said, where he said that when I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I think that everywhere he went, Brother Josh, he thought about that. Man, I don't want to be a castaway. I want, what, I want my life to count for Christ. I want everything that I do, I want it to count for Christ. I want to point others to Christ. I don't want to be a castaway. I think he was probably thinking about that as he stood before uh, Felix and Festus and, and the others uh, that he stood before. And, uh, and you know his life, all his credentials, you know all that he went through. And I think in his mind, at the forefront of his mind was, I don't want to be a castaway. That's why he could say at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Because he didn't want to be a castaway. He didn't want to be a castaway. He had that thought. Why, why should we have that thought in our lives? Well, let's look at a few verses real quick. I'm not going to be long tonight. I'm going to give these to you. And uh, in just a moment, we're going to have the invitation. And then I went up and asked Brother Landon if we could have a special word of prayer for him as he takes off. Uh, to the Marines and to Marines, right? Yes, Marines. And uh, goes into boot camp. So we want to have special prayer with him tonight. And uh, so I want to give time for that. But uh, so I want to give you these things real quickly from this passage of Scripture. I want you to notice, I want you to notice there's a divine calling in our lives. There's a divine calling. The Apostle Paul had a divine calling on his life. And you and I, we've got a divine calling. And he mentions it in verse number 16. He said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. By the way, um, this, uh, this matter of not wanting to be a castaway, is he was had, in his mind, he was thinking about the gospel. 
We didn't take time to do it, and we're not going to take time to look at it tonight. But if you go back and study and read chapter number 9, you'll find that he uses the word gospel ten times in chapter number 9 alone. And uh, two times particularly, he says, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. And another time, he says, this I do for the gospel's sake. So he didn't want to be a castaway because of the gospel. And I want to tell you tonight, he had a divine calling on his life, and he knew that the gospel was at stake. And you and I, we've got a divine calling on our life. You say, well, I'm not a preacher, but you still have a divine calling on your life. God's called you to a great task, and that's to lead others to him. That's to point others to the cross of Calvary. That is the divine calling in our life. Every one of us, we've got a responsibility. Every one of us, we've got somebody that we can reach, somebody that we can share the gospel to. Many years, several years ago, I feel it's probably been 15 years or better. First time I went down to uh, Key West, I actually was preaching chapel at a church in Miami and uh, preached chapel and uh, the Wednesday night service for the young people at Grace Baptist Church in Miami. And so I went down there for a few days and I took one day and we went to uh, Key West, me and the youth pastor went to Key West, drove to Key West and right back. But anyway, but uh, one evening, uh, the youth pastor took me to Homestead, Florida. And we was walking around in Homestead, Florida. I believe it was on a uh, wind, uh, on a, uh, I believe it was a Friday night, Thursday or Friday night, I can't remember. But he wanted to show me where all the young people hung out down in Homestead. So we parked my truck and we got out. We began to walk around. And if you've ever been down to South Florida, it, you're not missing anything. And uh, we walked around. This was 15 plus years ago. And, and uh, man, it was very different. It was like you were in a different country. And, uh, but we was walking around and uh, looking at young people to see where they hung out and just talking to them, passing out tracks to them. And uh, he was talking with some young people, and I noticed a, I noticed a, a um, Haitian young man sitting on the bus stop bench waiting to get onto the city bus. And I just went up to him, and I took a track out of my pocket, and I told him who I was, and I said, I'd just like to give this to you and, uh, uh, and, and, and just take a moment and ask you this question. If you were to die today, do you know that you'd go to heaven? And I never will forget. His name is Isaiah. I never will forget it. He looked up at her and he said, no, I, I don't know. And I said, would you mind if I take just a few moments, just a few moments while you're sitting here waiting on the bus and share with you about Jesus Christ and how you can know you're going to heaven? He said, no, I don't mind. And I was able to sit on that park bench and, uh, and uh, show him Bible verses that he'd probably never seen before in his life. And that young man on that park bench uh, accepted Jesus Christ as, your, as his Savior. And I feel like it was real because the bus came by to stop to pick him up and he waved the bus on. So I feel like he was under conviction. And I'm hoping and praying that one day I'll see him in heaven. And, uh, but you know, we've got a message and that's our divine calling is to get the gospel out. We work with people. We're around different people. And uh, some that I can't reach, you can reach. You, and I can reach some that you can't reach. But we all have a divine calling and it is of necessity that we keep ourselves clean, that we don't become a castaway for the gospel's sake so that they can be saved. I tell you, every time I get on the bus, every time that I go out visiting, 
and, uh, and I, I meet those bus kids' families and talk to their parents and spend a little time with them. I'm under such conviction. I want to see them saved. I want to see their lives change. And I don't want to be a castaway. I'll be honest with you, and I don't say it for my glory. I say it for God's glory. The Lord has allowed me to build a, a rapport with those uh, that uh, the parents of those kids that we pick up, and I give God glory for it. They respect me, and they know who I am. And I tell you, I don't want to be a castaway in their life. I pray for them. I'm praying. I'm praying that one day, one day soon, I'll see them saved. One day soon. We've seen them come to church from time to time. I want to see them saved. I don't want to be a castaway. That's the divine calling. What about those in your Sunday school class? Those of you that teach the boys and girls or junior church, some of them may not be saved. I tell you, we don't want to be a castaway. We don't want to be disqualified. We want to be careful with our life. Paul says, I'm thinking about that. Think about that. Divine calling. Number two, real quickly. I want you to notice the delightful choices in verses. Oh, look down to verse We're going to skip a lot of this. Look down to verse number Verse number 22, he said, To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. You know what the Apostle Paul was saying? And you can go back and read the previous verses, verses 18, I think, through, uh, through that verse. Do you know what the Apostle Paul was saying? He said, hey, listen, whatever it is, I'm, throwing, I'm laying my wishes and my desires to the side, and, and he was talking about, he was dealing with Jews and Gentiles and, and, uh, and Paul, the, the, their, their customs, it didn't bother Paul at all. But if it, was a, if it was going to be a stumbling block to those Jews, then he would stay away from the pork and he would stay away from things that would offend them. He would stay away from the things that would offend the Gentiles because he had in mind that I might save some. I might save some. I tell you, we, we, sometimes we think that we're better than the lost. I tell you, we need to get over that. We don't need to be a castaway. Well, I, can't, I tell you, some of the privileges that I've had in my life, one of the privileges that I've had in, in my life working with the bus families, it's been several years now, I could take you to the trailer uh, uh, that uh, we used to pick up a, a Spanish girl, and uh, if, I, if I was to call the guy's name out, Brother Jurgen, he's here. Brother Jurgen, as far as I know, Brother Jurgen still works with this guy. He's a, he's a Spanish guy, Latino guy. And uh, we were picking up his daughter, and I would go by and see him and invite him to church, tell him about Jesus. And, uh, and I remember one time, they, were, they always, on Saturdays, they would be in their backyard, they had them a, a a pavilion set up in the back with a bar and a grill and a fire pit and a gazebo over it. And every Saturday, they'd be out there drinking and cooking and those kinds of things. And they'd be a pile of beer cans off to the side. And, and uh, every Saturday, it was like that. But one Saturday, I'd, I'd stop by there and that same thing, but they had just finished cooking. And I'd stop by to, to remind them about the bus in the morning and stop by to ask them, I said, why don't y'all... Why don't y'all come to church with us sometime? And uh, they invited me to sit down and eat with them, Brother Wilbur. And, uh, well, I, I tell you what a privilege that was. Now, I didn't sit down, and all they had was beer. 
And, uh, and I sat down, I said, uh, I said uh, or they asked me, they said, uh, can we get you a, a beer? What, what do you want to drink? I said, I, you know, I said, I got, I always keep a cooler on the back of my truck. I said, I've got a water or a Coke or something in the back of my truck. I'll go grab that and I'll sit down and eat with y'all. Man, I did. And what a blessing that was. What a privilege that was. And I had the opportunity to share with them Christ. What a blessing. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter. We've got to be careful that we don't become castaways because there's people out there that need us, that need us. Whatever the, whatever the situation is, wherever they're at, we need to go to them. We need to go to them. And then uh, third, and let me give you this one, and not only the delightful choices, and, uh, but a determined course. In verses 24 through verse 26, he talks about the race. And notice, notice what he says in verse number, uh, verse number 26. Um, or excuse me, verse number, verse number 24. Know you not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth a prize? So run that you may obtain. You know, there's only one prize. And he talks about that prize in verse number, uh, verse number 25, how that uh, he said that they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And, uh, and I tell you, that is, that is our reward in heaven. Well, I'm thankful. Hey, listen, God is looking at our lives, and I'm thankful for it, and He's going to reward us. And listen, we may think that we may think that it's hard and that it's difficult. We may get nervous and we may not know exactly what to say. Hey, listen, I know what that's like. I experience it all the time. But I tell you, I, there's nothing better to tell people other than tell them what God did for you. Amen. How He changed your life, how He changed mine. Boy, what a privilege that is. And he can do the same for them. And, uh, and there's a crown. And I'm sure God's watching and he's looking and he understands the nervousness. He understands how, the, how that we may get tongue-tied uh, tongue and, and uh, get our words twisted up and may not know the exact reference and those things. He understands all that. But listen, there's a reward. There's a reward for, for going out and being a witness. Being a witness. There's some that I've been praying for for many years now. I guess probably ever since we started, I started working on the bus and going out visiting. I've got a prayer list that I go through every Tuesday morning. And I've got some on the list that I haven't seen in, in years. I have no idea where they're at. I don't even know their full name. Brother Josh, I was out visiting one Saturday, and, and it was during the NFL, uh, NFL um, it may have been the playoffs, I think. And... Uh, I was out visiting and, and uh, knocked on uh, at the trailer, Brother Malcolm, where we, where we used to pick up a little bit. And uh, there was another family living there. Knocked on the door, and I think we picked up a girl there. I don't remember her name. And, uh, but anyway, this guy invited me into that trailer. The game was going on. I don't care anything about NFL. I don't watch it. I don't care anything about it. Didn't care about it then. And, uh, but I sat down on the, on the recliner and uh, with that, that guy watching the ball game and in between commercials just talking to him, talking to him about church, talking to him about what the Lord did for me. And I tell you, that's what we got to do. And I've got names that I pray for. And this guy that I'm thinking about, and I told you the illustration, all he, all he told me to call him was G. 
That's all I know his name. That's how I pray for him. I don't know his last name. I don't know if that is a nickname or if that's an initial. I have no idea. But I pray for G every Thursday morning. Lord, don't know where he's at. I don't know where he's at, Lord. I, but I'm praying, dear God, would you save his soul? Lord, I want to see him in heaven. Lord, the things that I've told him, Lord, may you bring it to mind and may you save him. And Lord, may I see him in heaven. A determined course. Running to win. Running to win. I tell you, oh, I love trophies. I love trophies. I've had some trophies in my life. They're probably gone, destroyed. And, uh, you know, these, the trophies that we get down here, they're temporal. But I'm telling you, there's a reward that for all eternity. And I tell you, it's going to be, boy, it's going to be a great day. We get to heaven and we see those that we've prayed for. We see those that we've witnessed to. We see those that we shared the gospel to. And they're up in heaven. Boy, that's reward enough. Hallelujah. That's reward. But a determined course, and then lastly, a, di a dis disciplined commitment. Disciplined commitment. Notice what he said. He said, I keep, my, keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Disciplined commitment. In other words, keep our flesh in check. Now, in the Bible days, the Apostle Paul being... Uh, being around Rome and, and uh, with the Olympics and those things. Back then, that, when they had races, they raced totally different from what we race. I was reading a little bit about it early this morning or this afternoon about some of the races and, and uh, the way that they race. You know, the Apostle Paul, he mentioned over in Hebrews chapter number 12, laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. You know, back in those days, a lot of times they would race, uh, they would do it in the nude. And uh, they didn't want any weights. They didn't want anything and, uh, to slow them down. And, uh, you know, racing back then was completely different. And they prepared, and a lot, they prepared a lot different than you and I prepare for a race. Well, then Josh and some of these others, I ain't running. And, uh, but anyway, they, they prepared different. A lot of times when they were, they were trying to get their body in shape and get in subjection, get their body in subjection, a lot of times they would they would beat their eyes and they would come and they would race and they would be racing with blackened eyes. And you know the reason was because they were trying to get their body in subjection. They did a lot of things different than what we do today. The Apostle Paul here, he says, I keep my body in subjection. I, bring, I keep under my body and bring it in subjection. You know, our flesh doesn't want to talk about God, does it? Man, we'll, we'll be the first to... We'll talk about everything, but when it comes to wanting to talk about God on the job or out in the business world, we kind of, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. The Apostle Paul said, he said, I keep my body under subjection. In other words, I keep my flesh in check. I keep my flesh in check. And so many times, hey, listen, we don't, we don't want to be a castaway. Man, there's people out there that we need to reach. Our time is short. As we heard Sunday morning uh, from uh, evangelist Greg Lentz, our time is short. And uh, our days, I believe our days are numbered. I believe soon the rapture is going to take place and we're going to be gone. But I tell you, there's a world outside that's lost. They're on their way to hell and they don't even realize it. They don't realize it. You and I, we have the truth. And I tell you, I don't want to be a castaway. I want to make a difference in somebody's life. What about you?
In conclusion, the reason Paul didn't want to be a castaway is for the gospel's sake. It's for the gospel's sake. You think about what the gospel did to your life, how it rescued your life and changed your life, and how it changed my life. That's all. That's the only hope that the lost have. The only hope. That's all they have. It's the gospel. It's the gospel. It's telling them the good news. It's telling them about Jesus. That's the only hope they have. I'm thankful for good programs. I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for things out in society that, and uh, the benefits and those kinds of things. I'm thankful for all of that. But I'm telling you, the only hope that the lost have, it's the gospel. The only thing that will change their life is the gospel. It's the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Boy, it, it made a change in my life. It made a change in mine, and it'll make a change in theirs. I want to tell you, I don't want to be a castaway. I want them, when they see me, I want them to see, hey, I'm real. I am, I am what I am because of Jesus Christ. He made a difference in my life. And I want them to see me. I don't want them to see Greg Phillips. I want them to see him. I want them to see him. When I go out on Saturdays, Lord willing, I'm planning on going to Saturday. been neglectful with it. just been so busy, but I'm planning on going out this Saturday and uh, trying to round up boys and girls and meet the parents and talk with the parents again. I don't want them to see Greg Phillips. I want them to see Jesus I don't want to be a castaway. Be so careful with my life. What about you? What about you? What about your lost loved ones? I tell you, dealing with family is so difficult. So difficult. Well, what about them? A lot of times it's so difficult because they know who we really are. They know who we really are. I don't want to be a castaway. What about you? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Bethany's coming to the piano tonight. I don't want to be a castaway, do you? Maybe you need to come to the altar tonight and just say, Lord, would you help me? Maybe while we've preached tonight, maybe Sunday, throughout the day Sunday, maybe the Lord brought somebody to your mind that's lost. Maybe you need to come to the altar and pray for that person and say, Dear God, Help me, Lord, not to be a castaway in their life. 